Arayagüstü. Lay lay si tedanya lay Excuse me. Daya Dvita Chandra Daya Gora Bhakta Vinam Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare So Hare Krishna Um I want to read from uh, chapter 17 of the Antya Leva from the Chaitanya Charitam Text number one. I'm simply trying to write about Lord Gorachandra's transcendental activities and spiritual madness, which are very wonderful and uncommon. I dare to write of them only because I've heard from the mouth of those who've personally seen the Lord's activities. All glories to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all glories to Lord Nityananda. All glories to Advaita Chan and all glories to all the devotees of the Lord. Absorbed in ecstasy, Mahaprabhu acted and talked like a madman, day and night. In the company of Srub Goswami and Ramananda Rai, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu once passed half the night talking about the pastimes of Lord Krishna. As they talked of Krishna, Srup Damodar Goswami would sing songs exactly suitable for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental emotions. The complete, the, to complement the ecstasy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Ramananda Roy would quote verses from the books of Ichapati and Chandidas, and especially from the Gita Govinda by Jayadeva Goswami. At intervals, Shichitani Mahaprabhu would also recite a verse. In great lamentation, he would explain it. In this way, Shichitani Mahaprabhu passed half the night, experienced varieties of emotions. Finally, after making the Lord lay down on his bed, Srup Damodar and Ramananda Rai returned to their homes. Shichitani Mahaprabhu's personal servant, Govinda, lay down at the door of his room, and the Lord very loudly chanted the Hare Krishna Mahamantra all night. Suddenly, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard the vibration of Krishna's flute. Then in ecstasy, he began to depart to see Lord Krishna. All three doors were fastened as usual, but Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in great ecstasy, nevertheless got out of the room and left the house. He went to a cow shed on the southern side of the Simhadwara. There the Lord fell down unconscious among the cows from the distant of Tailanga. Meanwhile, not hearing any sounds from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Govinda immediately sent for Srup Damodar and opened the doors. Then Srup Damodar Goswami lit a torch and went out with all the devotees to search for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. After searching here and there, they finally came to the cow shed near the Simhadwara. There they saw Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lying unconscious among the cows. His arms and legs had entered. Uh, had entered the trunk of his body exactly like those of a tortoise. His mouth was foaming. There were eruptions on his body and tears flowed from his eyes. 
as the Lord lay there unconscious, his body resembled a large pumpkin. Externally, he was completely inert, but within he felt overwhelming transcendental bliss. All the cows around the Lord were sniffing his transcendental body. When the devotees tried to check them, they refused to give their association with the transcendental body of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The devotees tried to rouse the Lord by various means, but his consciousness did not return. Therefore, they all lifted him and brought him back home. All the devotees began to chant the Hare Krishna mantra very loudly in the Lord's ears. And after a considerable time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu regained consciousness. When he regained consciousness, his arms and legs came out of his body and his whole body returned to normal. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stood up and then sat down again. Looking here and there, he inquired from Srupa Damodar, where have you brought me? After hearing the vibration of a flute, I went to Vindavan and there I saw that Krishna, the son of Maharaj Nanda, was playing on his flute in the pasturing grounds. He brought Srimati Radharani to a bower by signaling with his flute. Then he entered within that bower to perform pastimes with her. I entered the bower just behind Krishna, my ears captivated by the sound of his ornaments. I saw Krishna and the gopis enjoying all kinds of pastimes while laughing and joking together. Hearing their vocal expressions and change enhanced the joy of my ears. Just then, all of you made a tumultuous sound and brought me back here by force. Because you brought me back here, I could no longer hear the nectarian voices of Krishna and the gopis, nor could I hear the sound of their ornaments or the flute. In great ecstasy, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to Srupa Damodar in a faltering voice, My ears are dying of thirst. Please recite something to quench this thirst. Let me hear it. Understanding the ecstatic emotions of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Srupa Damodar in a sweet voice recited the following verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. The gopi said, My dear Lord Krishna, where is that woman within the three worlds? Who would not be captivated by the rhyme, by the rhythms of the sweet songs coming from your wonderful flute? Who would not fall down from the path of chastity in this way? Your beauty is the most sublime within the three worlds. Upon seeing your beauty, even cows, birds, animals and trees in the forest are stunned with jubilation. <laughs> Upon hearing this verse, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, overwhelmed with the ecstasy of the gopis, began to explain it. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, The gopis entered the arena of the rasa dance in ecstasy, but after hearing Krishna's words of negligence and detachment, they understood he was going to renounce them. Thus, they began to chastise him in anger. Oh, dear lover, they said, please answer just one question. Who among all the youthful women within this universe is not attracted by the sound of your flute? When you play your flute, the vibration acts like a messenger in the form of a yogini, perfect in the art of chanting mantra. This messenger enchants all the women in the universe and attracts them to you. Then she increases their great anxiety and induces them to give up the regulated principle of obeying superiors. Finally, she fortunately brings them to you to surrender in 
hammers the, you know, it carries on. Hare Krishna. Oh, sorry, I hope you heard me. I forgot to put the microphone on. Ah, hi, both. Anyway, so um, we were hearing something about Lord Chaitanya and how he was uh, now in his final years in Jagannath Puri and how Lord Chaitanya took that form of Kurma Chaitanya, of being just like a tortoise. Uh, and that in his ecstasy, his limbs began to disappear in his body. Um, the chapter is Antialila, chapter 17, the bodily transformations of the Lord. So what can we say? This is just uh, uh, beyond, beyond imagination, beyond anything we could, could possibly think of, of uh, that could happen in this world, that could happen to any material body. But Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu showed such symptoms. It is said that sometimes the arms would just and legs would just disappear into the body of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in great ecstasy. And at other times, the, uh, the, his body would become elongated, that the limbs of his body would become loose at the joints and that he would stretch and that he was in a much longer form. All this while he was in an internal state of ecstasy. And then when he would come out of that internal state, he would return to his, his normal appearance. I mean, such things are just uh, uh, not known, uh, not known as, uh, as being shown by, by any other devotee. Right? We don't hear of of such um, such ecstasy uh, of Chaitanya of, of any devotee. Um, we hear of devotees uh, certainly uh, getting stunned in ecstasy, standing like like a statue. There are descriptions of hair standing on end. Roman Shukampasu Taranga Bajo. It is said that where the hairs of the body are chanting on, standing on end and tears are, are constantly flowing from the eyes. Um, such symptoms we've heard, but now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started to show symptoms which were even, uh, even more amazing. His limbs started to disappear into his body. Meanwhile, there is a description how he was internally uh, witnessing the uh, the exchange exchanges of Krishna and the gopis, and uh, who were captured by the sound of Krishna's flute, and uh, and then um, and he saw actually the pastimes of Krishna uh, right in front of him. Uh, while he was in this state with contracted limbs lying in the in, in the goshala uh, just just uh, outside the temple 
of, uh, of Lord Jagannath. So um, there is a story which uh, is, is relevant to this. And that story is that uh, when uh, at the time that there was an eclipse going on in Kuruksetra, at that time, at the time of Krishna, Krishna was in Dwarka, and his father Vasudev, he wanted to go to Kuruksetra, because an eclipse is considered inauspicious. It is, after all, Rahu, who is either attacking the sun or moon, and in this way, covering. <laughs> Hay fever, if you want or some allergic thing here in Durban. I always have it in Durban. Um, so back to the story. Um, the residents of Dwarka, along with Vasudev, went, and that means Krishna also, went to Kurukshetra perform, to perform a great sacrifice to counteract the inauspicious influence of the sacrifice. At that time, so many personalities from everywhere were coming to Kuruksetra. And uh, there was an enormous camp and uh, the demigods came and many were there. And at that point, um, Rohini, Rohini was explaining something to the queens of Dwarka. She was explaining uh, some what she had seen in Vrindavan, since Rohini is in both worlds, and she was describing the love that the gopis felt for Krishna, and how the gopis were just uh, showing amazing symptoms, amazing symptoms of separation from Krishna. Uh, now, because this matter was very confidential, and, uh, and really not meant for everyone, therefore, they had stationed Subhadra at the door to make sure no one could come in yeah, while this was going on. So as Rohini is speaking and speaking about the separation of the gopis and, uh, and how they're overwhelmed, the following happened. That Krishna and Balaram had come and they stood at the door and they also listened. And as they listened, as they listened, their limbs began to disappear into their, their bodies. Even their head, to an extent, went into their trunk. And, and then, uh, then when, the, uh, when the queens and Rohini uh, noticed them, then they saw Krishna standing on one side, Subhadra in the middle, Palaram on the other looking like Jagannath, Baladev, and Subhadra in that, in that form. This happened in, on the Jesta Purnim, which uh, is somewhere in, in May, June, and which counts as the appearance of Lord Jagannath. This particular pastime is mentioned in the Utkal Kanda, of the uh, Skanda Purana. So 
It's very interesting because it's the same thing. Uh, now we're seeing that they also, just like Lord Chaitanya, they also show ecstasy where the limbs start to uh, disappear into the body. And it is uh, very interesting that uh, this is happening here in, uh, in Jagannath Puri. And that Lord Chaitanya is, is showing this, uh, this ecstasy. And that actually uh, Lord Jagannath, Baladev and Subhadra, upon getting absorbed in the amazing pastime of, uh, of Krishna and the Gopis and Vrindavan and their separation, that they're also having the same experience. Anyway, a little bit more about uh, the nature of, uh, of Jagannath Puri and its, uh, its ecstasies. Um, just one minute. Yeah, here it is. Speak about is, uh, is a little bit more about the, uh, the three doms, right? And uh, Lord Chaitanya um, appeared in Navadvip. Um, prior to his appearance, the disciples of Madhavendra Puri were the Vaishnavas who were manifesting uh, great symptoms of uh, of love of God, and in this way, uh, they were representing uh, that level of of, uh, of of spontaneous devotional service, which later on Lord Chaitanya would teach and emphasize. In Navadvip, in his childhood pastimes, Sri uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's identity. Uh, remained hidden, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his childhood uh, just sometimes had moments of ecstasy and uh, would, would crash to the ground and so on, and they thought that it was some kind of disease. Um, of course, uh, after he came back from, uh, from Gaia, after he had met uh, Iswara Puri, then he began to really uh, display this problem and uh, uh, it was uh, uh, of course not just uh, it, it was uh, ecstatic symptoms and uh, uh, I think Murari Gupta was since he was a Vajra he was asked to have a look at Murari Gupta and he saw what was going on? He said, oh, I want that disease. Uh, I want that disease. So he understood what it was. So, but when Envy Swambar gradually began to reveal his identity to the devotees and also his identity as a great ecstatic devotee. And uh, we had discussed some of that. Uh, and uh, in the house of Suklambar, he showed the greatest ecstasy and the greatest separation. And, um, and that continued uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a private circle of his devotees. Um, and then we see how in Navadvip really starts uh, the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Viswambar 
there is the uh, protest march to the Chandakazi and uh, who try to stop the Kirtan and there's all these people out in the street with torches and, and a huge crowd is going towards the residence of the uh, of the Kazi and they're playing Madangas and it sounds like thunder and so many thousands of Madangas and it is just an inconceivable Kirtan that is is flooding flooding Navadvip. Mm. So we begin to see the flooding element of Lord Chaitanya's mission. Uh, how uh, the holy name is just like a wave washing uh, washing over the entire uh, world and it's just everyone just becomes swept up in that transcendental sound. And then Lord Chaitanya, also in Navadvip past times, which is elaborately described in Chaitanya Bhagavat, he employed uh, Lord Nichananda and Haridas Thakur in preaching, and, uh, and, and in the course of that, they came across Jagai and Madai, and, uh, and then that whole pastime unfolded, and of course, we'll talk about that on on a rainy day. Uh, so here we see the Navadvip Lila. Then Lord Chaitanya takes sannyas and basically the Navadvip pastime stops. In, and we begin the, the Madhya Lila. In the Madhya Lila, Lord Chaitanya is, is a sannyasi. And as a sannyasi, he fulfills the role of a teacher. Uh, as a sannyasi, he is the he is the Acharya, he is the teacher by example, he is the guru of all ashrams and Lord Chaitanya widely uh, travels and, and preaches. And uh, besides that there was a meeting that Nichananda brought him back to the house of Advaita Acharya, um, leaving that aside, and uh, he travels everywhere and, and, and there's all this ecstasy ecstatic kirtans, and he is, it's described, he is teaching. Um, he is uh, he is meeting with various parties and uh, entering into debate on philosophy. He is uh, seriously out there establishing uh, Krishna consciousness. Um, of course, uh, things really change when Rupa and Sanatan appear, the two brothers, and when they are sent to Vrindavan with a particular mission. And the mission was, uh, they are doing three things in Vrindavan. Nana, Shastra, Vichara, Naika, Nipano, Sattarma, Samstapako. They are writing books about the conclusions of, uh, of, uh, of the teachings of Lord Chaitanya. They are establishing uh, places of worship by installing deities and temples, temples where, and they are also uh, the excavating holy places. So, and uh, and finally, uh, there are also initiations conducted. Uh, so a whole, so. Uh, 
Professor Joseph O'Connell, who uh, who left this planet a few years ago, and uh, there is a book um, that uh, has been edited by our uh, by Gopinath Acharya or Rembert Lutjeharms from the um, from the Oxford uh, Center for Hindu Studies. And in this book, uh, various writings of Joseph O'Connell have been uh, have been dealt with. And, uh, and I'll just go to that book in just a minute. Um, where is it? Hawkins, Russell, Ah, here. So, it is uh, a book from Joseph T. O'Connell called Chaitanya Vaishnavism in Bengal, Social Impact and Historical Implications. So it's very interesting. Um, in that book, there's an article, and uh, I'll just uh, find it. Or a chapter. So it is uh, the second chapter, and it is called uh, Institutionalizing Prema Bhakti. Um, let me give me two seconds. I do. Okay. Okay. Some comments on definitions are in order at the outset. Value orientations, as used here, refer to the basic cognitive and evaluative standards shared by a group of people. Their fundamentals, ideas, and feelings about what is most real, right, and valuable. In the present case, it is prema bhakti, loving devotion to Krishna, that is the basic value orientation of Chaitanya Vaishnavas. As for institution is used here, it means some social construct comprised by several interrelated roles. An institution so understood is, culturally is a culturally defined set or pattern of interactions expected to occur in certain situation. Its violation would bring cultural sanctions of some sort. An institution thus is not a particular a persons who 
interact according to the reciprocal role expectations, nor the building or plot of land where the expected interaction takes place. Rather, it is the abstracted pattern of that interaction, the mutuality, uh, in other words, the mutually anticipated set of roles. The related term, institutionalization, accordingly, refers to the process by which value orientations are embedded in institutions and thereby made uh, replicable and transferable to persons across time and space. One recurrent theme that runs through this chapter and the book as a whole is that Chaitanya Vaishnavas, by and large, have tended to avoid institutions that would rely on centralized or coercive authority within the community of devotees, or ones that would invite conflict with other groups over mundane social, economic, or political resources. Those institutions through which Chaitanya Vaishnavas have preferred to articulate authority, prestige, and responsibility have been, barring some past exceptions and some recent innovations, uh, decidedly non-coercive, decentralized, and diverse. Hard institutions, for example, that is to say, centralized executive authority with coercive sanctions and mechanisms for amassing mundane resources or mobilizing adherence against external threats have been conspicuously modest in scope, rare or absent among Chaitanya Vaishnavas. On the other hand, they have developed to a high degree what might be called soft institution. That is to say, symbolic means of articulating loving devotion to Krishna, prema bhakti. Such soft, soft, soft symbolic institutions are bound up with the production and utilization of religious literature, uh, sahitya and shastra, and with a complex repertoire of recommended devotional practices, sadhana. Such soft symbolic institutions may be shared throughout the community of devotees and across time, but they tend to be anchored concretely and applied locally through diverse and diffuse networks of affiliation, especially through groups of religious mentors, gurus, and their disciples, sishas. Typically, these groups are voluntarily and hence non-coercive. Such organizational institutions may be characterized, characterized as intermediate, or that is to say, lying between the soft symbolic an art course of institution. This chapter, for the most part, examines the wide race of non-coercive, intermediate organizational institutions devised or adapted by Chaitanya Vaishnavas. It does not, however, ignore the richly elaborated and remarkably resilient soft symbolic institutions embedded in their sacred literature and religious practices. It is the soft symbolic means of institutionalization conserved by intermediate organizational networks of gurus and disciples, rather than hard, centralized, coercive institutions that have enabled Sitanya Vaishnavas to pass on to the 21st century much the same devotional value orientation exemplified by Sitanya and his associates in the 16th chapter. Okay, I hope that this language was uh, not too complex. I'll summarize it in a more simple language. But uh, basically, what he is saying that um, the value orientation is towards prema bhakti, and that then 
there are uh, certain common, ex commonly accepted activities, uh, a practice, a process, uh, a sadhana that is uh, adopted by the group, followed by the group that sets that that creates the identity of the group and that also uh, is limiting uh, the permissible behavior of the group. There are boundaries uh, of what is allowed, what is not about allowed within this sadhana and so on. And this is a form of what he calls soft institutionalization. Uh, hard institution is like a proper organization with, uh, with uh, as we see, saw it come up much later in the Gaudias, uh, at the time of Chaitanya, of, of uh, Sila Bhakti Siddhanta, the Gaudiya Mat, and later International Society of Krishna Consciousness, and then you get like a governing body, and then you get uh, zonal secretaries, and you get like uh, the uh, uh, temple presidents, and temple commander, and uh, whatever, a whole, a whole uh, institutional uh, authority. Uh, all right, so uh, he is, 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 is addressing how the Chaitanya, uh, the movement of Lord Chaitanya evolved. And that's very interesting because we were speaking about uh, how in South India, Lord Chaitanya did not have all these things. Uh, there was no institution whatsoever no soft institution. Um, he was not teaching from a particular uh, from a particular book that clearly uh, defined the identity of, of a group. And he was speaking, quoting here and there from general scriptures, but it did not create a unique identity. He did not have any headquarters, some mat. There was no, uh, there was no temples in a particular place of worship, no pl place of pilgrimage, um, as we see how movements are forming around uh, temples and holy places which unite people. Uh, if we look at the Vallabha Sampradaya, we see they have a list of, of, of main temples. One of them is Natadwar, and uh, where the deity of Kupal is, Madhavan, the Puri's deity nowadays. and. Uh, and they have their parikram in Vrindavan, and in Vrindavan they have the, the baitaks, the seating places of Vallabhacharya. And so it gives the, them a institutional identity. And the Gaudias had this, have this institutional identity. Uh, they have the, uh, the temples uh, of the Goswamis. And we still have the, uh, the original uh, Goswami temples that are like the principal temples in uh, in Vrindavan, uh, and uh, uh, we have we have discussed them before. Excuse me, oh, this uh, a fever drives me crazy. It comes and goes. What to do? Um, so the uh, the temples of Goswamis. Are, 
I like that. Uh, there is Madan Mohan Temple, uh, which was established by Sanatan Goswami. On top of Dwadis, Dwadas Adichatila, on top of the hill, which overlooks the Yamuna, uh, just next to Kalyadaha, there uh, Sanatan Goswami chose a place of residence because it, it had a wonderful view of Vrindavan, and he was hoping to bring Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there uh, so that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, could stay in that place. That's why he chose this place. Um, it is the place where uh, Krishna, after dancing on the hoots of Kaliya, uh, rested. And then, uh, because Krishna had been in the water for so long, he was feeling cold. So then the sun became 12 times hotter so that Krishna Therefore, it's known as Dwadas Adichatila, the place where the sun became 12 times hotter so that Krishna could quickly warm up from uh, having been in the cold water for a long time. Anyway, so that's the place where Sanandan Goswami installed Madan Mahan. And of course, his, uh, uh, his Bhajan Kuti is there. And then uh, Rupa Goswami installed Radha Govinda. Uh, Madhu Pandit Goswami installed Radha Gopinath. Uh, uh, we went to, uh, to uh, with the devotees to these temples, the temple uh, where the original deities are found now. Manamahan is now found in Karoli, Rajasthan. And uh, then Radha Govinda are now in the royal palace in Jaipur and Radha Gopinath a few kilometers away in, in a temple. Uh, when we are looking at the Radha Gopinath temple, then at the side of the temple, there is that famous jacket and the, and the head of, uh, of uh, Madhu Pandit made of very, very fine Tulasi beads. And um, so we, we had uh, discussions and in these places, and we have also uh, transcripts of, of them. So we include them in our book. Um, meanwhile, I, uh, I'll carry on. Uh, uh, so there were these three deities, Madhumahan, Radha Govinda, and, and Gopinath, but also uh, Radha Shama Sundar, uh, and uh, and also Radha Damodar, Jiva Goswami's deities, Radha Raman, uh, Radha Gokulananda. So in this way, we have the principal deities of the uh, of the Goswamis, um, which are there, and uh, they are uh, are worshipped by the Gaudiyas as the principal deities. And Srila Prabhupada uh, established that, and it was uh, arranged that upon the departure of Srila Prabhupada that uh, his body was taken on a final parikrama and carried around Vrindavan uh, to all these temples, and in that way saying goodbye to the temples and up to the day of today that is still an annual uh, performance in Vrindavan.
to uh, commemorate the importance of the relationship uh, that we have with the Goswami temples of Vrindavan. And, uh, Tina Bandhu has uh, Gopal Krishna Maharaj have uh, very much dedicated themselves to uh, to uh, making this uh, to always attend this function. Um, it is uh, so. The Goswamis then established the the deities in Vrindavan. They start excavating holy places, and in this way, Vrindavan began to open up as as the home of of the Vaishnavas. Uh, uh, the home of Krishna is naturally the home of his devotees, and with these places of worship, we find in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, in the Adi Lila, the description how the devotees would gather in the Radhaguvinda temple and hear the descriptions about Lord Chaitanya uh, from the Chaitanya Bhagavad. So these temples played a major role as like in places where the devotees would gather and where Chaitanya Vaishnavas would uh, express their particular, uh, well, their particular faith. Uh, and, and and practices. Um, not only was the faith uh, or the value orientation, as uh, as uh, O'Connell calls it, not only was the value orientation prema bhakti, uh, but it was the prema bhakti which was displayed by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and so uh, that prema bhakti then was really mapped out, uh, mapped out in the writings of the Goswamis and Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is systematically describing that, uh, that Krishna Prem. It describes, uh, it describes in the beginning uh, how Krishna is maintaining relationships with uh, various uh, groups of gopis, some are competing, um, like Radharani and the group of Radharani and the group of Chandravali are always in competition, as we know, for the attention of Krishna. And there are other such groups. Uh, some are supportive of the group of Radharani, some are in competition, some are neutral. Anyway, it is. Uh, it is described, there is the Akila Rasamrita Murti verse, how Krishna is maintaining all relationships with all these devotees, and how Krishna is the uh, Akila Rasamrita Murti, the complete reservoir uh, of all rasas, or as Prabhupada said, the complete reservoir or the reservoir of all pleasure, uh, something Prabhupada said at times. Anyway, and then we see a description of pure devotional service. Uh, we see it defined, what is pure devotional service? What are the characteristics of pure devotional service? And then the nectar devotion basically begins to describe sadhana bhakti and describes the whole process of cultiv how to cultivate that prema bhakti. Uh, uh, it, has, uh, it has already given the verse 
Rupakaswami already given the words Anyabilasitasun Yang Jana that pure devotional service should be free from any other desire, uh, should be free from any covering of karma and gyan, from pursuing personal desire or any or pursuing desires for liberation. Just simply anukulyena Krishna Anushilanam, simply cultivation of love for Krishna. And, and service to Krishna in a favorable way. And this is Uttama Bhakti. Fine. So that is all described. And then we go through various means by which uh, the uh, the sadhana is performed. And we, we understand the sadhana is involves engaging the senses in the service of the Lord. And by engaging uh, all the various senses in the service of the Lord, attachment to to the Lord will awaken and attachment to serving the Lord will awaken. And gradually we see the devotee is coming to more and more advanced stages from Srada to Prem. Uh, and uh, so, and then finally we see Prema Bhakti and then uh, the later sections of the uh, uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu describe uh, the symptoms of ecstasy. It begins to uh, map out uh, how uh, love of God behaves. And uh, it, it uh, identifies different moods and, and symptoms and then gives examples thereof. And, and yeah, we can, uh, of course, uh, see how the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu comes back in uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, particularly in the uh, in the chapter where in the chapters where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is instructing Sanatan Goswami, we see just basically whole areas that are just cut and paste, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, whole sections just boom, cut into the book because here uh, here um uh, Krishna Daskaviras Goswami was uh, was describing a conversation between Lord Chaitanya and Sanatana Goswami, and and how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is instructing Sanatana Goswami, but he he wasn't there. Krishna does, and he didn't have any recording of it. He didn't uh, basically uh, there was nothing that he could say about it in terms of, uh, as, as we hear him say in, in the beginning of the chapter we are reading today, that he is writing because he has heard from the different devotees. So Krishna does, must have thought about it very deeply and uh, how he would deal with these teachings from Lord Chaitanya to Sanatan Goswami. And finally he concluded that, well, what Lord Chaitanya taught to Sanatan Goswami is the very same thing that he taught to Rupa Goswami. Oh, sorry. And Rupa Goswami is the is the perfect uh, is the perfect representative of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he has fully captured these teachings, and he has basically laid it all out. In his book, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, therefore, the best way uh, to represent what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told 
to Sananda Goswami is simply the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So Krishna just decided to just copy and paste. And it is very interesting. It's maybe be not exactly historically what happened there. It may not historically be what uh, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exactly said verbatim to Sanatan Goswami, but it was completely the gist of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to Sanatan Goswami, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructed. Uh, Sanatan Goswami in exactly the same transcendental knowledge as he had instructed Rupa Goswami. And now Rupa Goswami had reproduced that, uh, not in the form of a recording and a transcript, but in the form of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So that's interesting. Uh, so the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is in, or nectar of devotion, is in one sense. Um, the book that shows how this uh, how this whole sadhana and this cultivation of uh, of prema bhakti is being um, displayed and uh, yes and being followed and is meant to be followed so it it shows uh, uh, partially the uh, yeah the um, what O'Connell is talking about, the sadhana, which is uh, creating uh, common values and standards. Uh, and we see that, uh, and then uh, O'Connell is pointing out, this has been carried forward over the centuries. And this is still here today. And this is what, uh, what Prabhupada brought. Uh, we can see that. When Srila Prabhupada came to the Western world, he, he brought exactly these things. Uh, he, he brought the Srimad Bhagavatam, the same, same book that is the, uh, the book about the pure love of God, of Anyabila Sita Sunyam, without any other desire. Uh, it, is, uh, it is said that uh, uh, any only pure devotional service, dharma projita kaita vodra paramonir matsaranam satam vedam vastavamata tapamunam tashiva tapam trayamunanam shimad bhagavate mahamune vite kimba parir ishvari der saduri di takritibi shushubis tatksanat. It is explaining in the second verse of the Bhagavatam um, that. Uh, all, all materially motivated religions, karma and jnana, basically, are, uh, are are written off as cheating religions. So karma kanda rituals are out. Uh, liberation is out. It is only bhakti that remains. Kichit kevilaya bhaktya vasudeva parayana. Only bhakti and only absorbent absorbed in service to Vasudev, to Krishna. That is Srimad Bhagavatam. Anyway, so Srimad Bhagavatam is what Prabhupada brought. Prabhupada gave the, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. He gave and he engaged the devotees accordingly. In the, okay, in the beginning, when Prabhupada started, uh, the movement was a little uh, 
informal. And Kirtan was a, was a major, uh, uh, a major uniting factor. Uh, that was the the thing that was going on, and uh, and that that remained very strong. But uh, but behind it, gradually, Prabhupada began training devotees. And at one point, Prabhupada decided to to make Los Han- Los Angeles his western headquarters, and there he was training the devotees in a in a morning program in in sadhana. Um, he began to uh, more and more uh, bring in these elements of sadhana, and of course now that culture of sadhana has become strong. But it is the same culture of sadhana that has been carried forward from the Goswamis um, through the centuries and has reached us today. Then that under under Srila Bhakti Siddhanta there was also heart institution, a formal institution, and so on. And that that carried on in ISKCON. That's another topic which I'm uh, not really now uh, addressing. Mm. So um, O'Connell, in his uh, in his book, is uh, is is carrying on and. I can, uh, it is worth reading this. And uh, you can actually find this also, this particular, uh, not the whole book, but this particular uh, article, separate as a separate article on the internet. Um, you can look for institutionalizing Prema Bhakti and Chaitanya Vaishnavism by Joseph T. O'Connell, PDF, and then you just uh, in Google and see what you find. Um, Like that, the the article can be found and and downloaded. Uh, Or you could could write to me and I can help you to to find it. it is an interesting article uh, of of seeing how uh, how and what kind of institution exists in Lord Chaitanya's movement, which initially just was the spontaneous uh, expression of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and and uh, and also in 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 Puri, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was like beyond uh, any. Uh, any form of institutional uh, uh, activity. Although, you know, he was, we can see his, his activity, right, of, of hearing and chanting was constant. We hear how Lord Chaitanya was at night in the Gambira and up till throughout the night was discussing with uh, Damodar and Ramananda Roy from the poems of Vichyapati and from Chandidas and, or from the Gita Govinda and, and we can see that they were very uh, and every and totally absorbed and they took turns in explaining and they were just relishing 
and then uh, and then go, it was time to take rest and Govinda was lying down in front of the door. Meanwhile, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was chanting the whole night uh, loud. He was chanting. Uh, he never, never rested. He was just chanting the whole night. But then in the midst of that, he suddenly heard the sound of Krishna's flute. And then although everything, there were, he was locked in the house. There was like, he was locked in the room, he was locked in the house, and there was a boundary wall around the house. So in this way, three layers of, of locks uh, that he had to pass through, and somehow or other he was outside. And somehow or other he was, he wound up there uh, with the cows, and somehow or other he took that form of Kurma Chaitanya, and somehow or other uh, limbs contracted in total ecstasy, uh, such deep, deep absorption in Krishna, uh, so totally overwhelmingly absorbed in, in remembering Krishna and in meditation on Krishna. And it says in Chaitanya Chandramrita, that when one comes to the advanced stages, to the stage of bhava, that then Krishna appears in one's meditation. And I like that very much and, and highlight it often because, um, you know, I'm thinking for us, meditation means somehow or other pull the mind back and meditate on Krishna. Right? And chanting japa, keep the mind, meditate on, on, the, on the sound and try to hear the sound. So meditation generally is like a concentration exercise where one has to pull the mind back. Now, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, meditation is a, is a different level of meditation. It goes even beyond Bhava. It said in Bhava, uh, Lord, the Lord appears in the meditation. And we see how far that went that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was seeing Krishna. He heard the flute. He followed Krishna, that sound, and then he saw Krishna and the gopis, and he was right behind Krishna and, and, and saw how Krishna was united with the gopis and, and saw so many pastimes. And, uh, and then there was this tumultuous noise, and he was called back. And we're seeing that, so now it is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is here as in the mood of Bhakta Rupa. He's in the mood of a devotee. And which devotee? He's in the mood of Srimata Radharani, as he is experiencing all this. Huh? He's not in the mood of Krishna, following Krishna, looking over the shoulder of Krishna. No, he's in the mood of Srimata Radharani. And then we find, we find the same story now, uh, or the same level of intense separation about Krishna, uh, who is there in Kuruksetra. And, you know, uh, they're all there in tents, and there Rohini is speaking about Vrindavan, and she's sharing the incredible separation and love of the gopis and 
as everyone is hearing about it, everyone is just amazed. And Subhadra is at the door to keep intruders out. But there are Krishna and Balram standing at the door and they go to the same symptoms of ecstasy. And their uh, limbs are also contracting in their bodies. Right? And there stands Jagannath Baladev and Subhadra. And now I have mentioned earlier when I discussed Ratiyatra, I've spoken about the Viraha Bhav, the mood of separation, and that Jagannath was manifesting the mood of separation from Krishna, and that Lord Chaitanya was manifesting the mood of separation from Simata Radharani, and that Ratiyatra was, uh, was representing that and that that was the internal meaning of Ratiyatra, and that is why Lord Chaitanya was on a victory march and taking Jagannath, uh, taking Krishna back now from Kuruksetra to Vrindavan, and the Kundicha Gardens are Vrindavan, and that's Dwarka Krishna, because in Kuruksetra there is Dwarka Krishna, so that makes the Jagannath temple Dwarka, uh, where Krishna, Balaram, and Subhadra reside. Um, and uh, so interesting, now today in this pastime, uh, we see how that Viraha Bhav is then manifesting in that particular form, where Lord Chaitanya, his limbs contract into his body, his Kurma Chaitanya, Chaitanya the tortoise, and where Krishna and Balaram and Subhadra are also showing these features and become Jagannath, Baladev and Subhadra. And that this happened according to the Utkal Kanda of Skanda Purana on Jesta Purnima, which is in the month of May or June. And in this way, uh, we celebrate that day as the appearance day of Lord Jagannath. Jagannath Swami ki jai, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai, Nittai Gaur Premanande. Hare Krishna.